I'm Kevin Berry, and this is Coffee Talk. Hello, and welcome again to the official podcast of the Guitar Department at Berklee College of Music. My name's Ian, and we have another episode of Coffee Talk for you. This week, we're joined by Professor Kevin Berry. Kevin's a guitarist who's played and recorded with folks like Susan Tedeschi, Mary Chapin Carpenter, Bonnie Raitt, Blues Traveler, David Crosby, Duke Levine, Roseanne Cash, and the list just goes on. He's performed on television on the Grammys, Austin City Limits, The Tonight Show, and even MTV. As always, a lot of this content will also be available on YouTube, and we have a ton of other great content on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so give us a like and a subscribe on whatever platform you use. Here's our interview with Kevin Berry. I'm Kim Perlack, the chair of the guitar department at Berklee College of Music, and welcome to another Coffee Talk. As usual, we are joined by assistant chair Cheryl Bailey. Hey, Cheryl. Yep, I got my got my espresso today. Cheryl. Very nice. Very nice. It's going to be a long day in the office, so I'm going to be coming over there <laughs> just to get a little shot from you. I saw um, you had that nice little espresso maker in there. In there, when I was I, when we were talking about this, I was very like that was. Oh. Kevin, anytime, oh, yeah, come by. This is the hang. Yeah, and that's beautiful. Okay, I will. I will take you up anytime. on that. <laughs> beautiful. Uh, we got Ian Steed here, our senior coordinator, as usual. Hey, Ian. Good morning. Good to be with you. Ian, and today our guest is Professor Kevin Berry of the Guitar and Ensemble Department. Departments. Um, hey, Kevin. Right. Thanks for doing Hello. Thanks for thanks for having me. I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm honored. Happy to be here. So, yeah. Kevin, um, do you drink coffee? Are you drinking coffee this morning? You know what? I had have already had so much coffee that that like I was gonna get one, but I was afraid like I would start vibrating if I if I had any more. So I'm I'm going coffeeless, but I've been very very coffee. I'm I'm completely satiated. So. Thank you. <laughs> <I'm good. laughs> okay, so you do a lot of traveling, and um, do you have a coffee routine? I mean, like we'll get into all of this, but you you spend quite a bit of your career on the road, mm -hmm. and uh, and then you also teach here, so you're often in different buildings. You're how do you how do you manage your coffee situation? Do you have like, is it you have to have it a certain way? Are you pretty flexible? Like how do you how do you do it? I like, I can truly say this, that I love coffee in all forms. I, I do. And I love it in all forms. I love ice. I love hot. I love espresso. I love, I, I love it all. And I love latte very much. I love, uh, I love cold brew, which uh, I've gotten into over the years, which is kind of, it's cool. It's very potent. Have and you ever tried that, the one on the tap, on tap? Yes. Oh, I love that. Which I love. Yeah, I love that. Actually, I love They have it, it at they have it at um Cafe Nero. Okay. Yes. It's a yes. Cafe Nero Nero out in um in Wellesley, I believe that I then I that's where I've gotten that actually. So it's great. Yeah, I love that. I love that. But when I'm on the when I'm on the road when I'm traveling, fortunately oftentimes we're staying in in 
pretty good, you know, in cities, in city centers. So I do actually check out the coffee situation, you know, depending on the hotel. Sometimes they actually have a good coffee situation in the hotel, which is nice, you know. But um, but if you're, you know, somewhere in, you know, maybe Iowa and you're at a, <laughs> at a, at a, you know, you don't always have as many options. Nothing against Iowa. I love Iowa, but 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 you know what I mean. It's just you don't have the options. So but yeah. So I yeah I I coffee's a big part of my my day, you know, till about noon, and then and then it stops, because if it doesn't, I don't sleep. So. so this is really funny because early on in our podcasting and our our hanging, um, I think it was Ron Savage who's who had this kind of revelation in the middle of talking about how he what what he cares about with coffee, which is serious. Yeah. Um, that he just said, you know, I think the way I think about music is kind of like the way I think about coffee. And it doesn't surprise me with all the different musical situations you find yourself in that mm. you say, oh, I love coffee in all its forms. Like you're adaptable. <laughs> like you're nothing if you're not adaptable. Totally. You know? Yeah. Cause you got to work with what you got, right? You got to, it's like, you got to work with what you got. If you're, you're, if you're at a place where there's not a lot of options, well, then you're going to have to, you're going to just have to settle. But I found that like coffee is like, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Like I can get decent coffee a lot more. Oh, there's a lot more good coffee than there used to be, you know? So it's like, there really is. I mean, I grew up, I grew up in a town. I grew up in a town with where there was no coffee options you know it was just kind of diner diner coffee you know the pot's been on a burner for like you know eight hours and you know what i mean plus my wife is also extremely picky about coffee she got me she actually got me into coffee consuelo she got me into she got me into good coffee because she's she's got high standards and i had to i had to learn how to follow that so yeah but yeah i, do, I love it. her chops yeah, <laughs> I thought that's the secret to her chops. That is, that's true. That's true. She's got that's a lot true. of chops. You know? She's well into her second pot by this time of the day. She's home today, so she's probably at the piano right now. You know, probably in, into pot number two. So, but yeah, I love I love talking about coffee. I could talk about it all day. And I love. I have to say that I love that about the guitar the guitar department. Like that is just so great that you guys offer that it really is it's it is it's fantastic it's really nice you can always go in and there's always like a nice a nice cup of quality coffee waiting so it's really great yeah when that. we really started did. that we felt like you know the least we can do is offer these masters a cup of coffee you it's know it's really it's i'm telling you it's a beautiful thing it really is it's and, great and then it got deep you know because then cheryl arrived and um ben and ian arrived and then it became like well do you want an espresso do you want quantity or do you want do you want from the yeah. keurig do you want an espresso do you want a darker yeah. situation and then cheryl brought in the executive espresso machine exactly very classic uh, executive meaning that like we drink it you know what <laughs> I mean? and our guests not that it's a brand um or anything but uh so when you have three Burned options it. one of the perks yeah it's like you know it's like okay come on in you know so i think it helps i think it no, well it definitely makes people hang which is also the great part right because then everybody absolutely you know each no it is it's great out yeah it's nice it makes it gives it gives it gives everything a nice a nice feel the, 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 the guitar office feels great it's a nice it's a, it's always a nice hang in there it really is mm -hmm. 
Um, so, Kevin, one thing that we ask everybody, uh, because a lot of the people who listen are experiencing like uh, their first days at Berkeley, maybe they're new in some capacity. Um, right. What What was your impression? And, and you maybe you had a bunch of different types of first days here at Berkeley across your time, but you don't you can pick whatever one you want. But were there certain things that stood out to you about early days? Um, as so when I first like when I when I first uh, when I first came as a student, or when I first started teaching, or both? Could be either or both. Like however you want to go, because it, that's kind of also interesting that you had different first days. You know, um, yeah. we just saw yeah. we have uh, Wolfgang Mosbiels visiting us and. And, um, you know, we're kind of in the thing, like, let's go to your first class. And he was having this moment because this was his first day, totally. not as a student. Yeah. And I think his last day as a student was in 1990, you know, so he just had this moment where it was like, whoa. Yeah, really. Whoa, totally. whoa, whoa, you know. Um, so uh, there can be a, a different impression that you have on your different first days. So what, what are you thinking it's, about? It's funny because, yeah, it was sort of... It, it, both yeah it's a really interesting question because in some ways they were the same they were the same you know like uh my first days when i first came to berkeley which is which i really i, I really loved it was it was amazing i mean for me it was just you know kind of life-changing experience i mean totally truly life-changing because it, it was it was great. It was for me, you know, everybody's personal, individual personality is going to play into that, I think, you know, and for me, I was from a very small town. I was from the middle of nowhere, Western New York state and um, great, nice little place to grow up. But, but uh, it, for me coming to Berkeley for the first couple of days was, was in combination of like incredibly exciting and completely terrifying. Like, cause I was, I had no idea of where I stood in the world. And, and so I kind of came with the assumption that I was going to be the worst person at Berkeley. That was my, my assumption was like, I'm going to be, everybody's going to just blow me away. And, 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 which is weird now because I don't think of it like that. And that kind of went away because I realized after a while is that, well, it's not about that. It doesn't have anything to do with you just, you're there kind of ultimately for yourself, right. You know, to, to, you're there to, to, for your own journey, you know, but that was like, I was a kid, you know? And so I was, I was kind of, uh, you know, I, I had all those fears, but it, fortunately it ended up being great. And I, and I met, I was fortunate I met like a lot of really cool people and I realized that um I mean I I had an enormous amount to learn you know but I realized that I was sort of like okay well I there's a there's a, you know there's a lot of other people that don't know you know four different voicings for G major 7 too and it's, I'm not I'm not the only one you know what I mean so uh so I, once I got there, that was my initial thing. And I, and I, it was funny because when I first came to Berkeley, I, I got into my room and I, and I just started walking around the, the school and it just so happened that I came on some sessions in ensemble rooms, you know, and I was kind of like lurking around outside the door, looking in and, you know, listening. And, and there was some, and I, it was, it was funny because there was some pretty, pretty strong, you know really really great players playing and it was good and i was like wow this is what everybody's like <laughs> you know this is what it's so it was like it was a good it was inspiring 
because it made me realize like, wow, I got a, I've got a lot of work to do. You know, I mean, I have a lot of work to do. And so, it, so it was that it was, it was, it was everything. It was exciting and fun and, and extreme, extremely humbling. You know, I was like, I was like, you know, I, but, but I kind of went in knowing that, like I was prepared, I was prepared for that. And, and, and so that was great. And then, you know, my teeth, when I started teaching, it was sort of a similar thing, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause there was people teaching here that I just, it still did, still are, they're still here that I, that I just have extreme amounts of awe and respect for as players, you know, and, and people, the, the whole thing. So that was, uh, that was a very similar experience, you know, and I kind of found, I kind of felt like, well, wow, I can't believe that I'm doing this, you know, like, I, I can't believe that I'm getting to do this in a way, like, you know, so that was important. That was an important thing. So it was sort of similar, you know, maybe that's just the way I see life in general, but, but uh, yeah, so it was cool. It was, a, it was a good thing. It was exciting and fun and scary, you know, all at once. Right. Yeah. That is really interesting. I think that it's, you never really get over that sense of like, Oh my gosh, like where, where yeah. do I fall in this? You know, yeah, totally. feeling like yeah. you have so much to learn, but then of course, that's why you keep getting better at what you do because. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, totally. Yeah. So in your playing life, you mm -hmm. play, you have your own projects. You play a lot of, with other people's projects. Um, a lot of people have heard you with Roseanne Cash. You play guitar. Mm -hmm. You also play pedal steel. Like, can you talk about um, what you've learned um, by playing your own music and then also by playing other people's music? Yeah. Like, what are some things that stand out to you? Do, you? do you approach those two things the same? Do you approach them differently? Like, how do yeah. you how do you wrap your mind around what you're about to do when you when you go on these different types of of gigs? Okay, that's yeah. Okay, um, one thing. Uh, like, I think one of the main things that I would say is that I, I, I've always sort of fallen, I've really fallen into being, a, you know, a side person, you know, uh, and, and actually, it's actually what I really love, you know, like, I actually really love doing the thing that I do. And, and I feel like, one of the things that I that I always that I've kind of gotten learned over the years was because I, I do do like I write music, I write my own music and, and am actually uh, actively kind of pursuing that and happened for the last couple of years, but I've been sort of, you know, you get busy doing what you do. Right. So, so as a side person, I mean, I feel like what I'm trying to do is I always feel like if I'm playing for somebody that it's, there's very much a support role. Right like and and that's important to, i like that i enjoy doing that and i enjoy being part of a of um i mean everybody you know everybody's supporting each other when we're playing obviously you know but i'm just saying i it, like i find that my role is oftentimes it's very much uh you know i'm trying to like get inside somebody else's music you know and oftentimes uh, oftentimes it's it's you know vocal music 
Um, it, it's not necessarily always instrumental, although I do do a good amount of that too. Like uh, I, I play with a, a great guitar player, a friend of mine, this guy Duke Levine, who I've been playing with for many years and we play together all the time. And that's, that's a kind of a similar experience in a way. You know, I'm trying as a guitar player playing with it. I play with other guitar players a lot, which is also an interesting thing, you know? Um, so when I'm playing with another guitar player, I have to find ways to, to support this other player, but not get in that space too, you know, which is, I've found over the years to be very tricky, right? Because, you know, when you're playing with somebody else and you're both kind of living in a similar sonic space, right? Range wise. And it, I love the puzzle of that. Like I love, I love the puzzle of that I love working with like over the years, Duke and I got into this very kind of, it was just from doing it so much together, but we just got in this place where we always started kind of going to certain places, like whether it was like range or sound or choice of instruments, you know? And so that, that, that was interesting, right? Like, so in other words, like a lot of times I'll talk to my students in ensembles, like, Oftentimes, guitar players were like, I said, we're like pack animals, like, you know, herd animals, where we'll all go to the same place. Like, they'll be like, okay, B minor. And everybody starts going B minor in the same voicing, the same chord. I'm like, going, okay, I understand that because I always kind of would kind of do that. But think about if somebody else is doing that, you don't need to be doing that, right? You need to find something else, find something in a different range. I mean, unless there's a specific reason for it, I guess, right? You know, but for the, so like, just, uh, I could I could go talk about this for like four hours probably, but but just loosely, I would say that I love that puzzle. I love the finding or 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 if somebody's playing like like Duke plays a Telecaster a lot, right? So Telecasters are a very specific sound, and and I would find like we'd start playing, and I'd be like I'd be like, well, you know what? I don't really need to be playing guitar on this song, you know? So I, I would feel like on this kind of thing, this would be a good song to play steel because uh, lap steel was, you know, it's very textural, lots of long notes, nothing pointy, soft, like volume swells. And, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of going to be playing a support role like that, you know? So, um, so all the, those are the kind of things that kind of fascinate me about, about doing, doing, whatever it is that I do, you know? Um, and, and also the, I love the, I love the, um, the compositional aspects of it, of like thinking about where to play, when to play parts, you know, like, do, you know, do I need to play from the very beginning of the song to the end of the song? No, I don't, you know, I, I sometimes I only need to do a part at one moment of the song, maybe I just come in on the bridge, you know, with, with this sound and I go like, so what I'm, my way of thinking about things is like, is this adding to the, the arrangement of the song, the overall arrangement of the song and, and, and also just kind of feeling like using restraint is another thing too, that is, you know, and, and that's a hard one because sometimes, you know, I think, you know, it, it's like it's a choice that you make you can you can make the choice to for me i just kind of go like well my thing is like i'm just going to try to be as musically appropriate as i can which is obviously everybody wants to do that but sometimes for me that requires like 
me just not playing for a while you know what i mean which i think there's something to that that's important you know that's that's you know to really think about what am i doing am i adding to the arrangement of the song am i adding to the overall musicality of this moment and and sometimes that requires me not being there you know and uh, and if that's the case i i'm fine with that and i like that and i think that you know that's just sort of the you know i don't know if this is making any sense but it really is and and um because we're talking a lot about serving the music right and yeah. doing what the music needs Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people will frame it by saying like, well, in that way, you kind of take your ego out of it, right? And you ask yourself what the yeah. music needs. But in another way, listening to your talk, it really strikes me that you really have to be confident in who you are to do that. Like, you yeah. know, like how, how scary is it for some people to just say like, I'm not going to play right now. The music doesn't need it. I'm yeah. not going to play. I'm not going to take my Telecaster and, and kind of go to battle with my friend so oh, that God. everyone can yeah. see what I can play. I'm yeah. going to play long tones. Yeah. And I'm yeah. going to think about tone and I'm going to think about space. And right. so in this balance of serving the music, there's like where you're not showing off maybe your ego or your skills. But in order to do that, it really feels like it it takes a lot of self-confidence and centeredness to do that. Yeah. That's yeah, it's interesting. I, I do I do feel like because I don't necessarily always feel confident, but but I feel like I mean I do feel confident. I feel like, well, I think that this is a good musical choice. I think like I mean, I feel like, you know, as long as I'm doing as long as I'm the other thing is like like I say is that I think you have to, it's like, you have to play to your strengths, right? You have to do like, I, 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 I'm confident in what I know I can do and, and I'm okay with what I can't do. (laughs) Do You you know what I mean? Like, so I feel like I'm not going to fool anybody, you know, if, if I'm not going to fool anybody, if I'm, if I'm, you know, if I, if I like, cause I'm not necessarily the chopsiest guitar player in the world. I love it. And I love that when other people do it, but that's not necessarily my strongest thing, you know? And I mean, I have chops in some ways, but I'm, you know, but so in other words, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go and play with somebody that plays like that and try to do that. You know, I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to go, I'm going to try and do what I feel, what I feel like is my strength and, and hope, that somebody will like that you know what i mean or somebody will un- will understand what i'm doing and, and appreciate that because that's really all i can do you know right. so you know it's like so i that i just feel like that's that's all i can do and that's the the best thing the best thing i can do to serve the music is and also man i just want to try the other thing for me that's the most important thing is that uh i just want to try and play soulfully or emotionally you know what i mean because a lot of, depends on the music i'm playing you know if if you know if i if i'm that's the thing that's what i mean that's what i love that's the guitar players that i always loved or not just guitar players any musically like i just you know i think different things move different people right you know i'm sure there's stuff that i would like that I could play for a hundred guitar players and some of them will be like, wow, that's beautiful. And some will be like, yeah, all right, whatever. I don't get it. You know? So it's, I think it's just, it's just, it's just people, people like what they like and, and you do what you do. And, you know, I think the key is though, to just really, and I think the hardest thing 
for me for a long time was actually knowing what it is that I love. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I know, I hope that doesn't sound weird, but. No, it doesn't. Being confident in what I like, like, what do I like? Like, cause I would look around and I would see, you know, I would see other guitar players cause I love so much stuff, right? Like I love, I love jazz deeply. I love it. It's, it's actually, I listen to jazz like probably as much, if not more than anything else, you know? And that's, it's an, it's an endless inspiration for me, but I don't really get to play it (laughs) often or ever, you know, I mean, I play by myself, you know, I I love to listen to it, but, but I, but I play a ton of music, but I find like listening to jazz helps me play other music in a unique way, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so, so you know, because if I, I feel like if I only listened, if I only listened, I think it's important to listen to a lot of other music for inspiration, you know, I think it's really important. I think it's important to listen to, uh, you know, if you're, if you listen, if you only listen to the thing that you do, that you're doing, it can be, it can get a little bit closed in, I think. I said, I said, I think it, I mean, for me anyways, it helps. It helps to listen to a lot of different stuff. And, so, uh, and then inspiration, you know, inspirational. So when you're um, thinking about that, like, I think this is really important. Obviously you communicate this to your students, right? To, that that yeah. they're going to have to go on their own. Yeah. It's like, it's conceptual and it's practical, like to really think about who you are, what you love. Mm-hmm. How do you help them with the first part that you talked about where, you know, like you're on a B minor chord, and then you have to find other things to play. Like, what kinds of things do you try to get them to work on? Like, do you take them, do you take everyone kind of through a method through the materials um, that we have, like, in the proficiency or, or that are just on the fretboard? Or how do you do it? Like, what do you suggest people work on? Well, you know, it's it's so funny you mention this because one of the things that I, like, when I got, I, I don't know if you've experienced this from teaching, but as I got when I was here at Berkeley and I was doing working on proficiencies and stuff, I think part of being younger and looking for, I was always looking for the magical answers to questions that, you know, I was looking, there must be some thing that they're not telling me. Right. That is like, there's got to be an easy or a, a like there's got to be this thing that will help me understand how to play through these chromatic two fives and play something brilliant you know what i mean because i'm not playing anything brilliant now you know i can barely you know so i was looking for the answers you know and and then and then i started to realize when i started teaching honestly that the proficiencies are kind of amazing in terms of teaching you the stuff you need to do. And that sounds like, I and mean, this is not an, uh, an advertisement for, but the proficiencies are actually kind of how, for me to learn how the, the t- guitar works technically is kind of set up perfectly, I think. So do, I'm so glad do you, you said that. that. Yes, because, okay, so I, I have my doctorate, right? I went all the way through yeah. classical music school. So I, you know, and I worked and I, in, in different capacities, I played, so I stretched it, you know, so it's like 15 years. I, yeah. I went, 
know, when people say, oh, yeah, I'm really burnt out on college, and they're in their, like, third semester, I'm like, don't. I'm not the person. Don't talk to me about that. But when I came here, I looked at the proficiencies, and I was like, oh, yeah. That's great. That's it. Like, that's how you do it. You organize it. And so, you know, for people listening, if you listen to this before, you know that the proficiencies are – this is our final exam materials and um, Mick Goodrick and Larry Bayonne and, and Rick Peckham sort of re revolutionized our final exam materials that, that have always been called the proficiencies at Berkeley. It's like, what do you need to know to work? What do you need to know to learn your instrument? And this incarnation of them was in 1990 and Cheryl and Larry and I just reviewed them like a year and a half ago or so. And we, we kept them the way they are. It's, great. it's, it's great. like, it kind of comes out of a lot of the advancing guitarist stuff, like yeah. you that which is that book Mick wrote a long time ago, which is like this is how you need to know the fretboard. This is not a method, it's data. And and this is how you're gonna work on your tone and your technique and really learn to navigate this fretboard. And I keep making it with my hands, you know, as I'm looking because you think of it as like, oh wow, it is. It's a grid. And there's all kinds of different ways to play things. And you, you have to take yourself through it. And, and what the proficiency did was it took a lot of, you know, try this in a bunch of different ways. And it said, here's a chunk of it you could do each semester that would totally. take you through. And and that is the secret. Like I told, I started telling students this. It just came out of my mouth one day. I said, like, this isn't, It's if you're looking at it like the chicken and the egg, this isn't the egg. Like if you work on yeah. this, maybe someday yeah. it will become a chicken. Like totally. this is like, the chicken went out and played a lifetime of gigs yeah. and then met up with other chickens. And they said like, yeah. what do people need to know in order? Uh, like, I, to I agree a thousand percent. You know, it's like a reverse engineering of what you actually need to know from people who did that thing. Yeah. I completely and then, agree. Yeah. And it doesn't make you sound the same. That's the thing. Like if you go, everyone goes through the proficiency at Berkeley you get a thousand people going through it. A thousand people will sound a thousand different ways because it's not about how you end up. It's about how you get there. Yeah. And it, it helps you go deep so that you can be free to yes. be yourself. And, and that's, what's um, kind of inspiring and daunting about it is that it's a lifetime of stuff. Totally. And that is the secret. Like, yep. it, like it, it's, it's so funny because this happened like recently. Uh, I've had a, a couple of students over time ask me like, they're like, you know, I play with a lot of songwriters, right? I play with songwriters who are great songwriters. And I want to put this properly because they're amazing songwriters. Their, their focus is writing lyrics and writing songs that are poetic and, and interesting and, and they write their guitar, the, the guitar, the music this is, it's all wrapped into the same thing, right? And, but oftentimes when I'm playing with somebody in that situation, they, they're, they'll be playing oftentimes an acoustic guitar, right? Oftentimes using, cause you know, they're focused on, on it, on a different, you know, there's a radar screen, they're focused on these things. And, and so then there's the guitar playing and you have people like Joni Mitchell who are just, you know, for me, just like eternally brilliant beyond anything. Like I can, and her guitar playing was like magical and, and her lyric, and, but you know, so when you're doing that, you know, Joni Mitchell is, she's an incredible guitar player. She's like, when I listen to her guitar playing, it's just like the stuff that she wrote and all these crazy open tunings are just like 
so brilliant and but so like i would have to listen you would have to listen to that and my guitar sense would go well what do i do what do i do if somebody's playing the acoustic guitars because i want to work with i want to do session work and i want to play with songwriters and singers and i'd be like okay you know how we're talking about ranges i'm not going to just take out my electric guitar and start playing the same chords they're playing in the same you know same open position chords right I, because somebody's doing that already right so I'd, i mean if sometimes there's a reason to do that but so what do you use and i was like spread voicings <laughs> spread like for me like spread voicings are like they're the key to, like and that's what i said like but so i'm always trying to go like you know everything you need to do about accompanying somebody who's playing a who's playing a part in a range is is there you know triads up the neck all your major minor triads and all the voice leading stuff all the mix stuff all that like voice leading smoothly through and it doesn't like so a lot of times people will be like well that's jazz and i'm not like necessarily really into jazz i'm like it's not jazz it's it's just music it's right right you know it's like chord progressions are chord progressions whether it's you 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 have to be ready you have to be prepared to because you know sometimes people don't write songs that are just one four five or one diatonic you have to be in fact a lot of songwriters that i work with who i think are brilliant if i said this is real like my reality is that i'll say like oh oh wow so this this is this. so it's like not diatonic and they're like what what is what does that mean what do you mean what's diet what you know they're and they're beautiful songs but they're just writing chord combinations that they like and so oftentimes they're not diatonic chords and oftentimes i have to figure out a way to accompany them in a in a in a musical way and and i need to find a, a way and so like all those things that i learned in the proficiency are incredibly useful you know and i go like that's i did that stuff and and i didn't even at the time i didn't realize how useful it would be to me later you know yeah yeah because i think to a lot of students it looks like a vocabulary list which is what it is and then you supply the method of your practice yeah. and then yeah. the style part comes later it's all the stuff that you need for every style totally and you need then, to figure out a way to make it into music right we you you learn it but now it's up to you now you got to apply it right so you have to apply it to songs so it, it requires it requires uh being proactive with it and that's when it really starts to to be to have meaning and you know but that's hard right it's hard yeah. to it's hard to do that so yeah that's yeah that's what i try to do with my students is like i i go okay well this these are spread voicings and this is an example i mean there's so many different ways you could do it right i mean there's so many different settings that you could use it in, but here's an example of this song where you could use it here's an example of this so that they can kind of put it try to put it into uh you know try to put it into use you know i mean and, and that's just like one little right. thing right yeah exactly it's like you know when you're learning vocabulary and they say use this word in a sentence right totally it's like that yeah, yeah. yeah exactly in in chords it's just like the the i love the fact that it's so thorough it's so thoroughly like i i found it really comforting when i was when i was younger knowing like i knew that like i now can play g major pentatonic scale everywhere on the neck you know like i knew that there wasn't some note hiding somewhere you know that that i didn't know 
so like i found like that that kind of stuff was was really good and 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 you know chord voices that's the stuff that's important to me you know i mean i need to i need to know that i i think everybody needs to know it you know and if you do it makes playing so much more fun you know because okay. you're not you're not struggling you know you're not struggling so yeah so those i i think that those things those are things you know stuff that i came across here that i actually like i always said like i in some ways you know you hear people say that about teaching sometimes you learn so much about playing from teaching you know and 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 it, and it was that i had i have i still have revelations about mm. about about so i still do like i'll be like Oh my God, that's what that meant. I mean, I hate to say that, but it's true. No, you it's would probably say that. That's I do. I had one yesterday. Yeah. I was like, oh, wait. Yeah, that's Rob, what that is. Like, yeah. okay, yeah. now I yeah. get it more. You know what I mean? Wait a minute. You know, yeah. um, that I think, but that's the coolest thing. That's also important for people to know if you're, especially if you're younger, you have this oh. sense that I just have to amass all this knowledge and and then I'm done. But yeah, you no. it really things kind of jump up at you and freak you out that you don't know. Them. Yeah, at, no matter how long you've done it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Can you put your finger on a couple ways that teaching has changed or um, helped your playing grow? Yeah, so, so like in, in many ways, in many ways, like um, having for me, like having to work on having to do um do you remember those those classes like we 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 that they used i think they still do offer it here um I, the harmonic considerations right what's that like the greatest like like i i feel like have, when you know to see somebody put to see somebody put a a classic solo up right like a you know, Kenny Burrell solo or something like that, you know, and you see it and to be able to see those, those movements, the, the melodic movements and like approach notes and all that, like to be able to see how, how these improvisers were thinking was like the greatest, it was the greatest thing. And so if I'm working on a solo with my students, like if a student says, Hey, I want to do, uh, you know, I'm learning this solo, whatever. Russ Montgomery solo or whatever, and in in they bring it in, and and I'm saying jazz people, it could be any style, like whatever, you know, it's it's it could be you know it could be a, a a progressive metal tune, you know, but sometimes when you see when you go through the like working on transcriptions, which I think is always a great thing, I think transcribing is just such a, an amazing powerful tool for learning, and um, so when you're doing that like that i always learn stuff from that like if they bring in a tune that like i'm not i'm like oh i love that tune and they bring in the solo and then i'm like i start listening to it and i start learning and go oh that's a cool like oh that's great i love that like, you know what i mean and you start in so like that's one simple example you know of like where where i've where i feel like teaching is always i'm always learning because when the students bring in material and sometimes students bring in stuff that i've never heard before you know, really great stuff, like especially like newer, younger artists, um, because I, I, there's so, you know, I'm still like, I mean, in some way, I mean, I love so much new music. I love all the new artists, but I'm still like, I'm still trying to digest 
you know, jazz guitar players from 1962, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, so it's like, or whatever, you know, blues or, so I'm still, I'm, my, I'm still that. So, that, you know, I'm still doing that in some ways and then trying to learn about all the new players too. So, um, so, but yeah, like transcriptions are great. I think that's, and just hearing new players, just hearing new players. I learn from students all the time, you know? And uh, so that's great. Also, also, I'm I'm a big believer in, uh, you know, uh, just repetition, repetition of certain things, right? Do rep repetition of repetition of doing certain uh, modal stuff, right? Like when what like harmonic harmonic minor, melodic minor, those modes, like you know, I'm sure you guys are probably like, oh yeah, right, <laughs> you know. No problem. But for me, that's not, those sounds aren't sounds that I use all the time, right? They don't necessarily occur all the time in in my little musical slice of the world. So I find that stuff is always really kind of ex like exciting and illuminating. That's where, that's where sometimes I'll have those revelations. I'll be like, oh, that's that, you know, that's that sound. That's that sound. It's perfect, you know? And I love them. I love the I do love the math of all that stuff. Like I, I, it's kind of endlessly amazing how in, you know, if you can take a couple different scales and one or two note different difference creates these completely unique colors of, of modal and chord sound, you know, and it's like, I'm still kind of floored by the most basic things. You know, I, I, that stuff is, is, is really, is, is really exciting to me. So I'm, I'm always into that. I think to underscore that point of when you're not using something all the time to still be open to it and still find oh. it fascinating and interesting. Cause I share that with you as a, as a classical musician, depending on like what types of composers I was playing and like, yeah. especially before I started writing or, or getting into a little bit of improvisation. Um, there's that kind of fallback where people are like, well, I don't use that one. I don't play in D flat or I don't need, but why not? Like, why not try it and just explore it and oh. have fun with it? And like, maybe, you know, maybe you will. Absolutely. You know, like, yeah. Nick said one time, Nick gave me this piece one time that he wrote and he said, um, he said, I feel like you all don't play enough in B flat. <laughs> I was like, that's yeah, that, that's a correct statement. And yeah. now, I, now I will, I guess, you know, I no, guess here we go. That's so, so great. Yeah. No, I, I love that too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think like, I think that's great. That's actually great. I, I, I agree. And I like, I feel like um, anything that you learn, right? Like anything that you learn, any th new thing that you learn is going to make you better. It's going to make you stronger, you know? So it's like, I never look at things like, I never look at things like, oh, well, I don't need to do that. So I don't want to learn it. You know what I mean? It's like, I, 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 I just feel like it's just fascinating even like like you know like a classical thing classical is a very completely different world for me right but i would still i would still take a a a, a probably i would take a, a valiant attempt to do my best at it because i know how much value there is i'm not it would be probably pretty gruesome to listen to me do it but it would be i know i would get something from it I know I would learn something, even if I learned, you know, because when I watch classical guitar players, it's like, it's just mind blowing to me. I, it's like, you know, like, it's like magic, you know, so 
I feel that way. Um, I, I, I feel like that's really important too, is that the openness and to like try things, you know, to like, it's hard to be, you know, you, you kind of have to be okay with being vulnerable, you know? And, um, and I'm, I'm actually completely okay with that. I mean, I don't like, like I've been in situations where like I'm playing stuff and I'll feel like, I'm I'm kind of sucking right now, <laughs> but I still am. I still will try, you know. I'll still and I still know that I'm gonna I'm gonna get something. I'm gonna get. There's gonna be a value, value. And even if the even if the valuable thing that I learn is that wow, I really, I really need to, you know, I really need to spend some time on this, you know, because. I, I do, I still do. I mean, I guess there's one part I'm very hopeful about the fact because I do feel like if somebody loves something and they're really motivated and they're willing to work hard enough that you will, you know, you will get better at it, you know? And it's up to you how much, how much effort, you know, you want to put into it. Is that, that's, it's an automatic gauge on whether you really care about it or not, you know? Right. So, but I think you. I think being open to a lot of music is important. I mean, I, 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 I love music. I love so much music, and um, and I love seeing people that are great at doing it do it. You know, so yeah, that's I. I mean, that's that that is definitely important to me, and I I do talk to my students about that. You know, about you know, don't don't limit yourself by saying this is not what I do. You know, I I don't. You know, I don't, I don't see any value in that. Or like, if you're going to pursue education in a college level, right? I think for me, it's like, that's the only reason to do that is to experience things. Cause you know, I mean, I could say, you know, you know, I could say, well, I want to play this style of music only, you know, and I'm going, I'm going to study it myself and I'm going to do it at home you know, or I'm going to just go out and play in clubs and which is great. And that's totally cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I feel like to come to a place like Berkeley, where you, you have this amazing potential for exposure to so much stuff is, uh, is, is just, you know, why not take advantage of it, you know? So. Yeah. Um, Cheryl, I know there's a ton of stuff going through your mind, so I'm just turning it over to you to <laughs> jump in there. Yeah, well, it's always interesting because we have, you know, obviously our faculties represent so many genres, but we get in the same territory over and over again, just about being open and, um, hold on one second, someone is, go ahead, yeah, don't worry about it, go ahead. See, someone's got a call already, someone's calling her with a question about yeah, I know. the modes, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so that it's always just that thing too, and even just about the proficiency. It's just music. It's not style specific. It's about totally. getting together. But there were a couple of things I was thinking about when earlier, just talking about <laughs> someone annoying me on the phone. Oh, no. <laughs> it's okay. I love it. They're persistent. They're like Cheryl Bailey has the answer for me today. <laughs> or they know they're probably here. good. They're yeah. probably. Good. They're like, Get Kevin Barry, what did you mean when Get you rid of that? Kevin Barry. Get him off. Get him off. We've heard enough. No, no, no. But, well, I guess it's about maybe a couple things about listening and being a side person, right? And mm -hmm. 
having that ability, I mean, you, you can't have your ego in there. And, and also about you were saying, you know, well, maybe when I was younger, I would play too much. And it reminded me of when I, you know, my first time, I was at Duquesne University in Pittsburgh, in the oh, jazz ensemble. You went to Duquesne. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm a Pittsburgher originally. Um, uh -huh. And uh, so anyway, but my, t my teacher turned to me in the ensemble and said, you know what Thelonious Monk said? And I'm like, oh, what, professor? And he said... The hippest thing I ever did was lay out. <laughs> yeah. Right? I, totally. I told you, and I, I like, I've listened to, I would listen to myself on recordings and I would just be going like, why did I play? I was just playing for no reason, you know? It was just, yeah, totally. But you know, it's, but that's good, right? You know? That's... I think that, but I think that's the hardest thing. And also, uh, the other thing was, you know, Jim Hall always said, don't just play something, sit there. Yeah. <laughs> and he's the master comper as far in my book. Totally. I mean, he, he is such a master comp. I mean, he did duos with Red Mitchell, with Jim, uh, with uh, Ron Carter, with Bill yeah. Evans, with, you know, like, Wayne Shorter, like you yeah, knew amazing. his time was so solid, but how he would support you yeah. was so deep, you know. And and his thing was, or you know, sometimes students ask about comping, and you know, my answer is always it's not necessary. <laughs> and they look like what? And I'm like, well, it's you know, you got to listen to what the music's telling you because you're there to support the music. So I'm curious what how you approach that. I mean, because it's things that we've all looked at in ourselves in order to grow and what sort of things, cause you're in the ensembles, you're working in ensembles, like how you're working yeah. with a rhythm section to learn to listen on that bigger level mm -hmm. so that they are interacting together as a team and then supporting whether yeah. it's a singer or a soloist and you know, what, what's sort of your way that you help students get to that place? Well, that, yeah, that's, that's great. That's so, yeah. I, I like, I think that, uh, I think, well, the first thing like that, I mean, that I do, or, or I think about it is like, like, I just kind of think of it as like when, when somebody, when a new thing is happening in a song, right? Like when a new section is happening and, and it's kind of, to me, it's regardless of style. Again, it's one of those things where it's regardless of style. It's like, I just kind of think of, you know, this very basic, very basic, basic way of thinking about, it. for me, I just go, somebody is going to tell a story now, right? You know, somebody's going to tell a story and, and you've got to give them room to start the story. It's just like having a conversation, right? You know, you say something and then, and then you have to shut up for a little while, even though I've just been blabbing constantly because I had too much coffee. So I, but my point is that, you know, I just think of it like that. It's like, so for me as a support player, I'll listen to the soloist and I'll listen to whoever's playing and I'll go and I'll listen and I'll, and I'll feel like, cause you know, sometimes like somebody's melodically already, they're outlining the harmony in a, in a really good, you know, a really strong soloist like yourself is gonna, you don't need me to, you know, play the chords ver, you know verbatim behind you you're going to do it with your your melodic content and if the bass player is listening 
right? The bass player is going to be with you and, and the drummer too, right? So it's like everybody's, so what I'll do is I'll kind of listen and I'll feel like if you're leaving a ton of space, right? In the beginning of a solo, then I might be like, okay, well, you know, then you can do a conversational approach where if you're playing a phrase, if you play a small phrase, then I'll try to maybe answer it, you know, I'll try to give a little bit of an answer back. But if you're, if you're coming in with, you know, if you're coming in with more notes or more ag aggressively, then I'll, then I'll, I'll just kind of chill for a little while and see, you know, and also it depends on the kind of tune too, right? Like if it's a real, if it's like, a, you know, if it's like a, you know, like McCoy, you know, there's everybody's like slamming, you know, and in a great way, you know, then, then that's kind of like an everybody's in kind of party, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, but, but you know, but, what, what's interesting about that too is people, okay, we're talking about Wes Montgomery or something. Obviously, he was a great soloist, right? But the records that, that, that are iconic are those ones with the rhythm section, for instance, like Smoking at the Half Note. Like, huh. you could find other recordings. Like, there were a bunch of recordings that came out where he was just at jam sessions mm -hmm. and or some of those things. And they're great because he just played at such a high level. But what transcend that are the ones with those rhythm sections that played together. You yeah. know what I mean? It wasn't just... You know, oh, you know, Wes, Wes is going to come in and do what he does at a high level. But yeah. that, le you know, for instance, like Paul Chambers and Wenton Kelly, yeah. you know, yeah. and Jimmy Cobb, they were on everybody's recording as a rhythm section because mm -hmm. of the way that they supported. And then, you know, so you get Wes, who's that at that level, and you get a rhythm section that's at that where they're yeah. they are interacting. It's not just Wes's solo, right? It's Wes's solo in connection to everything that went around it. That's oh. why he played what he played was because yeah. of that relationship. And yeah. and that's why those other recordings is it, Wes is going to be great, but they're not, they don't transcend that way because there's not, you know, yeah, I totally, isn't totally at that, agree. that place. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I, and I love, like, I loved all, all of those records. Like they're all cool in their own way. Right. You know, like that, I love that one, that uh, Bumping on Sunset, you know, that track, it's like, it's like basically one, one chord, the whole doom, doom, doom. and it's, and but Wes is so, so beautiful and so like, but yeah, and, 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 that, and that was great, but then I, yeah, I totally agree with you on that, on that, the way he, the way he, he would react with a, with a rhythm section when they were really like, well, like, like they were playing a club. Right. Like they're like they would have done like, you know, playing at like two in the morning on a, on a Tuesday night when they're really like, you know, when they're really interacting and just play. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think like I think a lot of that is like we we're just talking about like listening. Right. You know, and and, and really listening to what other people and, and that's a big thing. I mean, I think that that's a big thing. You know, back to your question was that like I think the most for me what i try to do i mean i don't always achieve it but but I, what i generally try to do is i try to listen you know and and um and just try to you know sometimes like that's hard you know just to really listen to actually make the the, the choice to go what's going on and i've learned this from other people i, I you know I, I i'm all you know i'm always learning you know and also like arrangement you know which is another thing this, there's this amazing guy that I get to work with, with Roseanne Cash, his name's John Leventhal, and he is an incredible producer, right? And he's, he's a great guitar player, and, and, but his whole world is arrangement, 
you know and it's like which i've learned so much from him about about that about arranging like think about like if you're gonna play something make it meaningful right if you're gonna play something now he's talking more about recording you know like putting a put it doing a track making a track and making it so that you know because sometimes as a guitar player when i was younger i would just kind of like well, here's a song, I'm going to start playing. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I would be like, well, that's cool. You know, that's cool if you're doing this. But, but like, I think it's nice to, because when I listen to a lot of, like even jazz records that I, like that I love, where we just think of it, it's like sort of like everybody's in, you know? I think there was more arranging than we knew, you know? Or maybe like, I don't know that I wasn't there, but it's just like, I know from being a musician this long that when you knew certain things happen in arrangements and tunes, I think there was just a lot more. I think there was a little more thought that went into it than, than just great players all playing together at the same time. I think that there was probably, you know, I think there was probably some real consideration to what was happening and why it was happening, you know, which, which made the, the tune kind of come alive, you know? And, um, you know, again, that's just, I'm just, you know, that's a feeling I have, but, uh, you know, like, I mean, man, like Jim Hall's speaking, you know, it's like those, those, those songs were so spare, right? Sometimes like they were so minimal, but so much was happening, you know, like his way of comping is just, just crazy. It's so beautiful. You said something earlier about you were being very humble and saying, well, I don't have any chops, but that well first of all that isn't true but number well, two it's not the sense that you know fulfilling every note of every beat is being a virtuoso i mean it's right. a bigger yeah. thing you right. know so different, different types of chops i guess right yeah, yeah it's there's... different types of chops and and that's why you get the gig <laughs> some gigs <laughs> some gigs <laughs> well thank you. yeah not all gigs that's for sure but yeah because but yeah no i think i think yeah i think that's uh i think that's i think that's true you know and and i think that like there is uh that's my you know that's my own guitar insecurity talking to and i do that because i you know i am insecure about certain things as a i mean i think i say that comfortably because i think it's important to you know it's like we're, i think everybody's got got insecurities you know and um and that my that's when you know it's just it's like it's like some remnant of when i was like 13 years old you know wanting to wanting to wanting to shred you know <laughs> it's like i still do honestly <laughs> there's always something about that that's just eternally kind of fun and 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 uh and you know you just want to do it you know part it's one of the fun things sometimes i get lucky and i'll get like five notes in a row that... <laughs> but yeah so i mean i just think i i think that like all that, all that stuff is just, it's a, to me, it's like the most basic thing in the world is just like kind of going like, well, stop and listen, you know, at first stop and listen and just kind of like, listen to what's going on and go like, what can I add? You know, what, what can I add to this? It, you know, you know, I think it's just like, you want to consider every piece of music that you're playing and make, try to make everything you do special. Right. Try to make every piece of music that you play or every part that you're playing, try to make it special in some way. 
it's hard. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I wish I could say I achieved it all the time, but, but I try to, you know, I, I, I try to, and then sometimes some really good stuff happens, you know, and, and listening, really listening to the other, if, especially if you're playing with, if you're a guitar player playing with an, with a piano player or with another guitar player, that's huge, right? Because it's like, it's a whole, it's, it's, it's just a way of, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't have to consume you, but I think you just have to, you know, I mean, you know, like as, as a, as guitar player, right? Comp, comping with another harmonic instrument, it's hard, it can be hard. It can be really hard, you know? And it's like, it's, I always found, I've always found that was something where I, there's, there's like, if I'm playing something like in, in a, in a, in an improvisational setting and I have to comp with another player, I feel like oftentimes, unless you have some cosmic connection or you've been playing together nonstop for 40 years, I, I feel like one person kind of has to go, okay, you, you take the lead, you know, and I will, you take the lead and I, I'll, I'll respond, you know, and it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't, and I think just sometimes it oftentimes happens, just sort of happens, you know, if, if people are, are good listeners, you know, and, and, um, but again, you know, it's, 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 it's a choice about, it's a choice about making the music, the, the first thing and, and hoping that your personality will come through, you know, hoping that your musical strength will come through by just trying to play the music as, as well as you can. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, so I, I guess that's sort of where I, where I feel about that, what I feel about that stuff. So. I really love everything you said. And, um, you know, when I was in school, I had a teacher who would make us write down different definitions for virtuosity, like a virtuoso mm -hmm. is, you know, a virtuoso right. is just yeah. to think about that, that it's not one thing and that the way you play something, um, often shows more than what you're playing or is oh, more yeah. important in the musical moment sometimes than, you know, what you're playing and, and the way you choose what you play is important. Right. So I think it's really good, good to think yeah. about. It's not just this, it, it, when people think of what that means to them, it, you can fall into a trap of having it be one thing, but really totally. more, many more things. Yeah. So that's a, it's totally exactly right. I mean, that's, that's exactly what I, was, what I was, and that's what I was saying when I was young, when I came in, I had this preconceived idea of what good was and that like I had to be this or I had to be that, you know, and I felt like I became a more whole musician when I finally just sort of accepted who I was as a player, you know, and, 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 and just said, this is who I am. This is what this is what I think I this is what I love to do. And I also think that's like a big thing. Like I oftentimes with, you know, my students, I'll say, well, it's what do you love? Mm -hmm. Right. That's a hard question. Like, like in some ways, right. Like, what do you love musically? Like, what do you, what like moves you? Right. Like for me, it was always easy because it's like a cliche, but like, I would be like, what moves me is what makes the hair stand on. You know, when you hear something and like you hear something and it's like every hair stands up on your body. Right. You're like, I mean, that's what you love, right? <laughs> I mean, that's sort of what I feel, you know? I mean, that's what works for me. And I find like, 
over and over or 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 you know you get a lump in your throat you know what i mean because it you know a ballad you hear a ballad or some tune for whatever reason it kills you you know that's kind of what you love so i'm like if you head towards that thing if you like go towards that thing that that's probably maybe the best you know the best direction you can go in like how do i do that i want to do that you know and um so that's what I always, you know, that's what I, you know, because I, I, I just like, I found myself as a student looking around at other students and what they were doing. And I would judge myself based on that. You know, I would, I would judge my own personal value on, well, they can do that. And I, you know, I, and then, and then when I figured like, you know, great, good for them. And that's awesome that they're, that they're getting that together. But, but I got to figure out what I, I want. I got to figure out what I want to do and figure out how to get to that, you know, which is hard. I think, I think that's hard, you know, and, and it takes time and, 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 uh, and, you know, diligence, you have to, you know, you have to, in tons of listening, <laughs> you know, tons of listening to music, but yeah. yeah Ian, what about you? What's on your mind right now? Yeah, this is this is great, by the way. And I there's a question that we ask everybody, and I feel like you've kind of been answering it the whole time, mm -hmm. uh, unknowingly, not knowing what the question is. But I'm going to pose it to you anyway, uh, which is um, something we ask everybody on this podcast, which is what's something that students should be thinking about that they might not think they might not be on their radar or a question that they should be asking that they might not even think to ask. Hmm. That's great. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the, that's great. That's the whole kind of the whole ball of wax right there. Right. It's like, I would say, I would say the main thing is to, there's probably a few things, right? Like the, but the one thing I wish is that, is that quite, like you said, I've been saying it over and over again, but is, is, is what do you what do you love what 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 moves you musically like what is your what what ins you know what inspires you because i feel like that that's that should be your goal and and to try to think about what that's going to mean to you later on after you're out of school that's the other thing too because it's easy i feel like it's it's so it's Berkeley is so consuming, right? It consumes you that it's like, it's like every day, it's just like, you know, one day at a time, sort of, right? You know, you get through with this day and then you go, oh, I got this tomorrow, I got this tomorrow. So I think it's important to think about, think about what you're going to do. What, what are you going to do once you get out of Berkeley? And that's for anybody, right? I mean, not just guitar players. Everybody has to think about that. And like, I'd say to start thinking about your life after berkeley that's a big thing like you because you you know we're working as if you have to think about well when i when i get out of here i'm i'm gonna start being a musician or 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 if 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 that's what your goal is you know not every not everybody's goal is that maybe you know people are here for lots of different things people are here for mp e they're here for music therapy they're here for you know all these different but you know i think one thing I wish, I mean, I'm just going by what I, uh, what I, what my experiences are, because that's all I can go by, but, but 
my experience is that I felt like I frittered away some time, like for a few years after I was kind of out because, uh, you know, I was kind of like, it was like, I, you know, went jumping and I jumped off a cliff and I was like, kind of just like, like a cartoon, like running in the air for a while until I, I kind of figured. So I think like people should try to think about maybe having a plan. You know, I'm sure that this is encouraged by other classes and stuff at Berkeley, but I think having some kind of a plan, even if it's, even if it's loose, you know, like maybe say like, okay, when I get out of school, I want to try and is there a place I want to be? Is there a place I want to live? Where do I want to live? Right. It's like, what kind of lifestyle do I want to have? Do I want to live in a Northeast city or do I want to live in LA or do I want to move to Europe or so I think that's important so that you can start kind of imagining your life beyond this and then start to go, you know, what is the, what, what is, how am I going to be a musician there? Or how am I going to do whatever my, whatever my goals are? You know what I mean? How am I going to, how am I going to make this turn into something, you know? Um, so like, because I mean, so Cheryl, you went to Berkeley and then you moved to New York, right? Have you been in, were you in New York um, directly out of school? No, I went to Baltimore for a couple of years because I had oh. some friends from Berkeley that had an Afro pop band. Oh, cool. And I went oh, down cool. to play that and we did, yeah. And I sort of set, started out there, but it was close enough to New York. So I was there a couple of years and then I started oh, you know, great. making the trek north to New York here and there till yeah. I felt felt like I had enough gigs and I moved there but but yeah. I guess you know I kind of had an idea my idea at that time was if I could and I kind of got it from Emily Reveler I heard her talk one time and it's it and it was well, I love by the way I love Emily I had Emily I had Emily Remler was one of the first I had a friend that lived in New York it's so funny you mentioned her I I, I had I can't what's the name of the record oh Oh, I, 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 I'm blanking on the name of the record, but I love her. She was, she, she was one of the first, my first two, she was like one of my first records was, you know, Guitar Player Magazine? Yes. Remember the Guitar Player record? Do you guys remember that? Guitar Player Magazine did like a record. It was, oh, like, I, I don't know if you remember, but it was like, it had all these different artists like Joe Pass and, and like, it, but I got, I got that record and I got an Emily Remler record. I had to go to Buffalo and she's a, what a great musician. Oh my God. She was amazing. She was just fantastic. She was Wait, were you excited something about like, if I could just be playing standards every night in a club, that's all I want. I think she said, that's what her goal is. I said, yeah, that's what I want to do. That sounds cool. If I could just be playing standards every night in a club. Totally. So, you know, that was a big enough, it was vague enough, but. Yeah. But, but great, right? Like, I mean, that's great. I mean, that sounds great to me now, <laughs> you know? I'm like, I would love that, you know, that's that's perfect. But that's that's good, that's that's great. Like, just like, what do I wanna do? What, and I think like, that's that's an important thing because I talk to students quite often and, um, and I, I think that, I'm like, do you want to do that? And like, I don't know if they're necessarily, I don't know if they're necessarily thinking about that yet. So I try to encourage them to do that. You know, think think about where are you going to be. You know, what are you going to do? But I want to play standards in club clubs a few nights a week and try to eke out enough money to live. I was like, that's great. <laughs> I'm like, that's a great that's a great goal. You know, so. 
Um, yeah, so that that would be one thing. I think that 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 I think did I answer that question? I don't know. I'm like a goldfish in a bowl. Like <laughs> I swim around, and it's like I go around the bowl one time, and then I come around, and it's a whole new bowl. You know. <laughs> I don't know if I answered the question. I mean, we could have this kind of conversation <laughs> all day long. I think we have probably done that already. But I mean, I love could, it. Yeah, me too. Um, but you know, now that this cup of coffee is is yeah, and um, and we could, it's a good time to sort of check in with everybody. So, Cheryl, is there anything left on your mind now that we're draining this cup? No, I think, I, thanks, Kevin. It was great to get a chance to you. Don't get to cross yeah, paths. It was really fun, actually. I enjoyed it. Thank you for yeah. having me. I really appreciate it. It was great it. to hear your thoughts on just all the great stuff you've done in your career and how to approach it. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you, yeah. yeah. What about you, Ian? Yeah, I mean, that was that was a lot of really good stuff. I loved how you're talking about playing less in the stuff yeah. that you really love to play. And also yeah. playing more of the stuff that's not usually on your plate, which is yeah. is cool. So play less and more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do it all. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Do it all. Yeah, that's I love the, it. Well, thanks, you guys. I appreciate it very much. So, Kevin, we expect to see you over here at the guitar office. I, I, I will be there. Um, on, I will be there on uh, Monday. Okay, so. we'll see you Monday. <laughs> and have a coffee and you know pretty soon we're going to be opening up more and more so more of you all listening can come and visit us Great. um but Great. until then uh we'll be with yes. you the next coffee. i won't be there i won't be there on monday actually because oh. if was, it'll be spring break so we have a break for yeah. the first time sitting in there by myself years. working down oh. coffee yeah all right well you know have a pot for us we'll, do it at home. We'll, yeah. we'll see you in two weeks yeah. Okay. All Thanks, right, guys. And we'll be with all the rest of you on the next coffee talk. Sounds great. Bye bye.